Turn with me, please, to the book of Acts, chapter 11. Um, it's hard to believe, but this is actually the 52nd message in the book of Acts. I am not purposely trying to go slowly or get every detail. It just seems like uh, there are so many messages that present themselves. Um, we want to begin at verse 22 through the end of the chapter, Acts 11, beginning at verse 22. I've entitled this particular message this evening, Prophets in the New Testament. Prophets in the New Testament. And so we begin reading at verse 22. Then tidings of those things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And in those days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the earth, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas, and Saul, verse 27 is our text, and in the days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, also verse 28, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Now many today and throughout history have made the claim that they are prophets of God. There are still some that are claiming that today. And as we're going to see in the message, even in some what would be called conservative churches, uh, are still claiming that there is a particular kind and gift of prophecy. We'll be looking at that. But let me quote three scriptures that all have something in common, and that is the word false prophets. 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, they didn't come from outer space down to earth or from under the earth, and they surfaced and went out into the world. I would take this to mean that there were, as First John also says in chapter 2, that there were many that went out from us, for had they been of us, they would have continued with us. So these Going out, I believe that they are people that first found themselves in the New Testament churches, but then they found, uh, they turned, they were not true believers, and indeed false prophets, and went out from the churches into the world. The next uh, passage is Jesus himself, is Matthew seven fifteen. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. And then the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter 2.1. But there were false prophets also among the people, 
even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now, there are other verses in the Bible on this subject in the New Testament, but I picked out these three to help understand some characteristics of false prophets. In 1 John, the false prophets had the wrong spirit. They are called Antichrist. And so a true prophet had to have the right spirit, a renewed spirit filled with the Spirit of God. A false prophet has the wrong spirit influenced by the wicked one and an unrenewed spirit. And then according to Matthew 7:15, false prophets have the wrong character because they are uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, ravening wolves. In other words, they have a destructive spirit. They don't care for the sheep, and they want to devour the sheep, and so they have the wrong character. And then according to 2 Peter 2, 1, they have the wrong teaching. Now, it's interesting in this verse, he says they have, uh, in um, that is in 2 Peter 2, 1, listen to this, but there were false prophets also among the people, referring to the Old Testament, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now here, it is false prophets, but then he compares it in the New Testament to false teachers. Now, we've already heard accounts of false prophets being in the time of the New Testament. The reason he switches to teachers is that the teachers are influenced by the doctrine of the false prophets. And that's the idea. He, he removes himself from the false prophets to the evil effect of false prophets. And that is there are many, there might be one false prophet, but then many can follow that teaching and disseminate the false doctrine of one false prophet. I remember a brother in Christ uh, that got a pastor, actually. Uh, he got caught up in this uh, Jewish legalism. He started having his wife dress in Jewish dress, and they started observing Jewish holidays. Found out it was all from the influence of one particular false prophet, a false teacher, false prophet, and there were people then following in that false teaching. And so we see here a wrong character, a wrong spirit, and a wrong teaching is, is characteristic of false prophets. Now, what I want to deal with tonight, and I'll return to our text at the end. Uh, we have a good prophet, a true prophet, Agus, and I'll conclude and show how uh, we are, it is confirmed that he is a true prophet. But I want to deal with something. There is a belief prevalent today, and I do say prevalent, that in New Testament times, there were two gifts of prophecy, two prophetic gifts. There was the apostolic prophecy, which was infallible. And then there's another gift of prophecy, which was what you might call a congregational prophets, who were fallible. Now, what I mean by fallible, and I'll say this again because I'm getting ahead of my notes, but my preaching is fallible. In other words... I can, well, you know, just uh, I can read a verse improperly. I can uh, exegete a verse. 
not every verse that I've ever exegeted has uh, been exactly right. I've even changed the way I understand verses. Now, it doesn't mean everything I preach is fallible or, you know, has um, error. But what it means is that you receive my preaching as it goes by the infallible Word of God. You see what I'm saying? And so uh, that's why, like say, the, the Pope, he can speak ex cathedra. When he does that, he's speaking infallibly as an apostle and supposed to be giving new revelation. And so when we say fallible prophecy, the idea is that there's a different kind of prophet. And much like in preaching, he can give a prophecy from God, but it's mixed with things that are fallible in that prophecy. This is the prevalent belief today. Now, this kind of gift has come to be called fallible prophecy. Even they themselves that use it and speak of it will speak of it in that manner. And those who believe this believe this kind of prophecy has continued and is still a spiritual gift today to be practiced in the churches. It's fallible prophecy. Now, the basis of this, and we're going to examine it, is that there must be two kinds of prophets. There must be prophets that are infallible, and then there are fallible prophets. And so you actually have two kinds of prophets. It's much like two kinds of gifts of tongues. I've heard people say, well, the gift of tongues in the church at Corinth is different than the gift of tongues on the day of Pentecost, even though the Bible says nothing about two different gifts of tongues. And, uh, but anyway, let's look at this and examine it under the Scriptures. Um, we're talking about whether the New Testament, in the New Testament times, whether God introduced a new kind of fallible prophet whose prophecies were fallible. Okay, now obviously the, it doesn't mean that everything they spoke, the idea is that everything they speak is wrong. But it is saying that they can give a prophecy, but it, it's not necessarily uh, inerrant. It could be filled with uh, things that are wrong. Okay. Now, by quoting the three verses that I did in the beginning, and follow my reasoning, because I want to try to, uh, like I was talking to Brother Ron Crisp today, and I told him about the stones in the creek. You know, I'm trying to step on each stone, and so I try to be careful. But let me make a deduction here, and hopefully you can make it with me. We began this message by quoting three passages of the New Testament Scripture, which gives warning concerning false prophets. Okay? Now, first, let me just say, uh, I will not tell you to watch out for that bridge 500 feet west of the church as you go on Route 8. Watch for that bridge. You know why I won't tell you to watch for that bridge 500 feet west of the church? Because there is no bridge there. In other words, if I tell you to watch for a bridge... I would say that because there's a bridge you need to watch for. I remember my father-in-law, this a, you know, doubt hope people, and he used to tell the joke. A, a guy asked about the bridge, and he said, uh, he said, well, there's narrow bridge down there. And the guy went down there, and uh, he wrecked. And he said, and he didn't kill him. He got out. He said, hey, I thought you said there was a narrow bridge down there. He said, no, there's narrow bridge. There's no bridge down there. The bridge is out. Uh, but anyway, getting back to this, here's the simple point. If he warns for false prophets three times, 
What did you have in the New Testament times? False prophets. You don't give three warnings about false prophets, and there are no false prophets. So that's a basic deduction that we need to make. Now, let's make another deduction. One needs to ask himself, what difference is there between a false prophet and a prophet whose prophecies contain that which is false? Now let's say that again. What is the difference between a false prophet and a prophet whose prophecies contain falsehood? I don't think there's, you know, any difference. Since a prophet gives new revelation, if one does not have a test which God has given, how can he be received as a prophet of God? How do you know he's a prophet? How can you receive a prophet, you know, if someone walks up my door carrying me a brief, uh, carrying a briefcase, and they tell me something, am I to receive that as the authority of God? Now let's go on. We know that a preacher is not a prophet, and his truthfulness must be confirmed by the infallible word of God, which God has given and preserved. I seek to preach the truth of God, but I'm fallible, and I know there's things. I mean, I have thought things in my mind and said the very opposite. Um, who was that that, oh, I was talking to a brother in Christ, a fellow pastor, and he preached the whole message, and, you know, he, in other words, he said, A equals 3, as it were. You know, he spoke some spiritual truth. But A equals 3, A equals 3. And right at the end of the message, he got mixed up, and he said A equals 4. You know, and someone was kind of uh, saying something, making a big deal about, obviously, it was a slip of the tongue. The whole message had been about this is a particular truth. And then when he got to the end, he accidentally said it wasn't true. And, and so I have done somewhat the same things. But uh, preaching is not, uh, preaching is fallible. That's why you have to look to the Word of God and proof everything by the Word of God. But when a person claims to be a prophet who is a direct, spokesman for God he must be confirmed by the test that God himself gives because he's speaking for God directly as giving revelation now the test for whether one is a prophet of God were these tests were given in the Old Testament and I don't see anywhere in the New Testament where the tests were changed there's many things in the Old Testament are not changed in the New we still have a rainbow (laughs) we're still to uh, multiply and replenish the earth. We're still to, you know, the Bible says, give the first fruits of your substance and about God's chastening and so many things in the Old Testament that are true in the New Testament. Okay, they weren't, uh, they did not stop with the Old Covenant. And the test of prophets is given to us. And we want to look at that. So I invite you to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 18 and see about the test of a prophet. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 15. Actually 15 through 22, 15 through the end of the chapter. Deuteronomy 18 and verses 15 through the end of the chapter. For um, Let me see. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet, from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb, 
in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thy heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. Now let's reason some things. First of all, in verse 18, what is a prophet? Now he speaks prophetically of the coming of Jesus, the great prophet. But all scholars, just about all biblical scholars, say he's introducing the line of prophets. In other words, Jesus is the chief prophet, but there would be prophets following Moses. And this is the characteristic of the prophets. God would put his words in their mouth. That's in verse 18. Look at it again. And I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, from um, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth. So according to the Bible, a prophet is one that God puts his words in their mouth. Okay? Now, the Bible does not speak of two kinds of prophets. In other words, I don't see anywhere in the New Testament there's any other kind of prophet than the one in whose mouth God puts his words. Let me confirm that. And I want you to turn with me. I was going to read it, but I want you to see it yourself. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I need to hurry here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And look at verses 36 and 37. 1 Corinthians 14 and verses 36 and 37. Paul asks a question. Okay? And what he assumes to be true. In other words, if I say, is it going to rain again today? What can you assume to be true? If I'm telling the truth and asking a question of knowledge. You can assume that it has rained today. You see, there are certain certain prepositions that are true based upon what someone says. They're assuming it to be so. So let's see what Paul assumes to be so. So in 1 Corinthians 14, 36 and 37, he asks a question. What? Came the word of God out from you? Or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Now here's what he's asking. Do you think that, uh, uh, what are you saying here? For he asked them that if they thought they were the only ones who spoke out God's word. That's what it means, the word of God went out from you. Or are you the only ones the word of God came to? Very important. Just pause. Let's slow down and think about this. Paul says, 
to some of the prophets. Now, there were true prophets in the church at Corinth, but he says to some of them, do you think the word of God came to you only? Also, do you think the word of God goes out from you only? Now, here's the question. What did Paul say came to him, them, and what goes out from them? The word of God. The word of God. In other words, Paul had the same belief about a prophet as in the Old Testament. God's word is given to them, and they speak God's word. It goes out from them. You see nothing about any different kind of prophet. The prophet here he's talking about in the New Testament here, he's talking about, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and show this here. He said in, do you remember in Deuteronomy, because I had you turn from there, so we'll have to remember. Remember in Deuteronomy, he spoke of the prophet that speaks, uh, uh, that presumes to speak. Do you, how many remember that? Do you remember me reading, or do we need to go back? I saw one hand. There's only one hand. All right, let's go back and look at Deuteronomy 18. If you turn, look at Deuteronomy 18. I want you to see that. All right, so you guys are going to have to pay attention tonight, okay? <laughs> Deuteronomy 18, look at verse 20. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. Now, of course, we're in New Testament times. God did not kill false prophets. and uh, But... He presumes to speak. Now, listen to what Paul says here again. What came you, the word of God, out from you only? Out from you? Or came it unto you only? If any man think himself a prophet. Now, if you're not really a prophet and you think yourself a prophet, what are you doing? You're presuming you're a prophet. That's what he's saying. He, he's, Paul's got this same verse in his mind. How do I know? Well, let's go on. What does he say then? He says, um, uh, go down to the, um, I think it's maybe the last verse. We're about the commands. Uh, look at verse 20. But the prophet, uh, that's the Deuteronomy 18, 20. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak. See, I've not commanded him to speak. Now, remember what I just read in Corinthians. Are you still there? Let's look at it again. Which, what, what came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet, or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you, or what? The commandments of the Lord. In other words, he's saying this is a prophet. A prophet speaks the commands of God. He receives the word of God. It comes to him. He speaks the word of God out. So what he is reproving is there were some in the church at Corinth that were presuming they were prophets and they were not. That's the only two kind of prophets you find in the New Testament. True prophets and prophets that presume themselves to be true that were false prophets. This is the idea. This is what I want you to see. Now, to Paul, a prophet was one to whom the word of God came, and they are the ones who spoke the word of God. No one else is a prophet. Now, just like Jesus' warning and the apostles' warning in the New Testament, 
Deuteronomy 18.20 recognizes that there will arise those that presume to speak as a prophet of God whom he did not send. That's why the Bible said, beware of false prophets. Uh, They're going to arise. They're going to come. There's going to be false prophets. Now, there were some in the church at at, at, uh, Corinth. And they were presuming, if any man think himself to be a prophet, if you think you're something and you're not that, you're presuming that you are. But they were not speaking the word of God. They did not have a right attitude toward the Apostle Paul and his words and so forth. So there were some true prophets in the church at Corinth, but there were some who presumed they were prophets and were not. And as we said, note the expression, think himself a prophet now. In other words, Paul the apostle is rebuking some in the church at Corinth who presumed to be prophets and were not. Now God through the prophet Moses recognizes, as said in the New Testament, that there will be those that arise that presume to speak. They are not sin of God. And they are presuming that. Now we must look at another test. Go to Deuteronomy 13. In Deuteronomy 13, we see, or well, uh, I'm sorry, go back to 18. I didn't finish 18. He actually gives the test. Deuteronomy uh, in here before we go to 13. Look at Deuteronomy 18, verses 21 and 22. And if thou say in thy heart, how shall we know the words which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, If the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet has spoken it presumptuously, see? Thou shalt not be afraid of him. Now, let's think of this, and let's do a test. Go back to your text. Go back to Acts chapter 11. Yeah, if you can, keep your place there. I think we still want to come back to chapter 13 and say something. Okay, but go to Acts chapter 11, where we went. Acts chapter 11. I'm sorry. <laughs> I definitely am fallible tonight. I keep getting Acts 18 and 13 mixed up. We haven't gone to 13 yet. I, keep, I apologize. We're still there in 18, looking at the test in verses 21 and 22. Now let's go to Acts Chapter 11 and verses 27 and 28. And let's see here what it says. Acts 11, 27, 28. And in those days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth, in other words, a famine, throughout all the world, which came in the days of Claudius Caesar. <laughs> He prophesied it, and what happened? It came. That's the sign of a true prophet. Now, there's other things we're going to read. But, in other words, the sign of a prophet is that what he says is infallibly true, and it's going to come to pass. A prophet that says there's going to be a famine, and then there is not a famine, then that's, there's no such thing as that being a prophet. This is what I want you to see. I don't know of any examples in the New Testament which explain that a true prophet can prophesy something that doesn't happen the way the prophet prophesied. 
And we'll, we'll look at this more. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 13. Look at Deuteronomy 13. We need to read verses 1 through 5. Deuteronomy 13, verses 1 through 5. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and give it thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go out after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord God commanded thee to walk in, so shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of you. Now here's another test. He said there may be those that can come up and they'll do what appears to be a wonder. But if they do this in the name of the Lord and then they, they use that authority to lead you against the word of God, against the commands of God, that's not a true prophet. Now, does the Bible speak about there being wonders, lying wonders, that can be done? Real quickly, I don't have time to have you turn there, but I'm reading for Second Thessalonians. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. We also find in Galatians, Paul said, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, than that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Now the basic rule is this. Even if a prophet would say something, a supposed prophet, and it does come to pass, or he does a lying, he does some kind of wonder, but then he gives you a teaching that is against the word of God that's already been given. That's not a true prophet. In other words, you got two tests there. That's like Paul said, though we, we ourselves, are an angel from heaven, we're to preach any other gospel unto you, let him be accursed. You see? In other words, if someone comes and they take you from the word of God, even if they've done something that to you appears to be a miracle, and they lead you away from the word of God, they uh, distort and twist the word of God. That's not a true prophet. So a true prophet has to have the ability to prophesy that which would come, and it comes to pass. And, of course, we know the proper character. He can't be a ravening wolf and, and so forth. And that he gives the revelation of God that is consistent with what has been given. It doesn't go against the word of God. Now, in the New Testament, I don't find anywhere other than what we find, like the example here of Agabus. He prophesied, and it came true. Now, there's another prophecy in chapter 21. Uh, there are some that try to split hairs over the details of exactly how it came to pass, but everything is within the framework of what he said would happen to the Apostle Paul. Uh, he said he would go uh, he's going to, he, when he saw that when he went to Jerusalem, he's going to be bound by the Jews, turned over to the Gentiles. And some people say, well, if that was a prophet 
an infallible prophecy, then Paul disobeyed because he went to Jerusalem. But he didn't say, don't go to Jerusalem. He didn't say the Lord tells you not to go to Jerusalem. The people that heard the prophecy didn't want Paul to go to Jerusalem. But remember when God first called Paul, he, he told Ananias he must find out the things that he's going to suffer for Christ. And so he didn't tell him not to go to Jerusalem. The prophet said, when you go, this is what's going to happen to you. And when he went to Jerusalem, guess what happened to him? They bound him and the Jews turned him over to the Romans, you see. And so what is the conclusion here? You say, where are you going with all this? Well, the New Testament does not teach that there's two kinds of prophets of God, the infallible and the fallible. It does teach there are two kinds of prophets. There are the true prophets who speak the word of God, and there are the false prophets who do not speak the truth. Now, let me say this. I believe in preaching, and I believe even using us, that God's Spirit works. I mean, I've given you an example. One time, Brother Younger was preaching, and he said, you may have stolen, you may have even stolen cups. And I had been stealing some cups. But you understand, it is, this is not the nature of, this is just something within the preaching and within the God working within the lives of people and God giving us, uh, you know, particular uh, thing. It is not some kind of prophetic gift or something that is put forth as a prophetic gift. It is just something at times inadvertently God can use each of us to say things and be led of the Spirit. We all have pray that God leads me of His Spirit to preach. But it doesn't mean that I'm a prophet. If I was a prophet, every th- word I preach would be coming from God. You see? And uh, uh, everything that I'd say would be spoken directly from the Lord as revelation. So I don't want to throw the, bath, uh, the baby out with the bath. Okay? In other words, I believe that God can work in us and God can help us and give us direction, give us understanding. And I believe God can lead us, but that's not being a prophet and it's not some kind of second gift of prophecy. It's just the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And God can give the leadership of the Holy Spirit in preaching and He can give it to you in in discernment in your life and in in your communication with others. But it is not a, uh, per se, it is not being a prophet. It is not some kind of class of prophecy that was operating in the New Testament. So basically, what he reproves them for, there were actually prophets in New Testament times, but they're foundational, just like the apostles. It was during the times when Revelation was given. And the, the test was there were true prophets and false prophets. It's much like salvation. You can read a lot of verses that seem to say you can lose your salvation. But when you go back and reread them, they're really saying that there's people that can think they're saved and they're not saved. And that fits every context. In other words, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, in that day, we've done this and this. And, but what does he say to them? Depart from me, I never knew you. You see, they never were saved. There is no teaching of losing your salvation. There's the teaching of God's judgment, chasing, and so forth, but not losing your salvation. And so uh, the test of the new, uh, in the New Testament, 
the reproofs were for people that were speaking, that they did not really have the gift of being a prophet. They were presuming and exalting themselves. And so Paul was reproving them and telling us to be concerned about false prophets. Remember uh, concerning uh, apostles, he said in Revelation chapter 2 that the church at Ephesus had tried and found some apostles to be false and so forth. But there's no continuing gift of revelation in the sense of prophecy. God gave these special gifts for the special time in which he gave revelation so that people were spokesmen of God and they had authority. Many of them were able to do miracles and they could speak things that could be confirmed. And so there's only one kind of prophet, Old Testament, New Testament. And when God, God, like Paul said, did the word of God come unto you only? Does it go out from you only? That's what a prophet is. One to whom the word of God comes and one out of whom the word of God goes. And when God, when God gives his word, he infallibly gives his word. When his word is spoken, it's infallibly spoken. Now, obviously, I'll say one more thing and try to close up here. Obviously, there were prophecies like Abigail that aren't recorded. Not everything. I mean, the, these prophets went to help out during that time period. Like Jesus, every word Jesus said was true, but not every word of Jesus is recorded. The divine, the Spirit has given us the divine record of prophetic words that he wants us to have uh, to compile the Bible. We call that the canonical scriptures, the very scriptures. But there were no doubt Elijah went to kings and different ones and said and did things. We don't have every little thing. And, but here's the thing. Every time a prophet did speak, guess what he said? He said the truth. He said the truth. That's why a prophet, that's why the king Ahab didn't want to hear Micah. <laughs> uh, because Micah spoke the truth. And he, uh, all right, let's all stand. We'll close in a word of prayer.